I've been focused a lot on China and Asia recently for good reason. So I wanted to take today and go over what's going on in Europe because there's a lot going on there. But the Japanese have a way of forcing themselves in the conversation when you least expect it. So while we'll get to Europe toward the end of the video, we have to talk about what's happening in Japan. I did a video just recently about Japanese government bills and what government bills can tell us about euro dollar collateral conditions. If you haven't seen that video, I highly recommend you check that out. And when I did the video, what I said was the three month bill rate was rolling over from August 9th, how appropriate is that August 9th, where it was minus 0.098% to where, to where it got to be around minus 0.11% at the time I did that video. Where is the Japanese government three month bill today? way the hell down here. It went from 0.135% Friday to suddenly 0.295% today, a precipitous drop all of a sudden. Well, it's not all of a sudden, is it? We've been talking about China, CNY, Asia, what's happening in the Asian dollar. So a bit of a collateral spike here would make sense given the conditions there. Now, if you recall, last September, we had something similar take place too. Now, while everybody was focused on the London, the UK gilt market, we saw a bunch of coincident indications, including the Japanese government three-month bill. Its yield on September 22nd last year, that one dropped from minus 0.13% to minus 0.233%. So a big drop in three-month government bond yields last September, coincident to all those fireworks all over Europe, seemingly Europe, but really it was the euro dollar system that was experiencing a collateral issue. And that's what I said at the time, I did the video on the Swiss National Bank, that's what ECB officials have later, ever since then, they've admitted that there was a collateral squeeze and the Japanese government bills were helpful in identifying it. The good news here so far today is that it's only the three month Japanese bill that is making such a big move. Last year, we had not just the bills, but we also had swap spreads, for example, a plunge in swap spreads, which we'll talk about in a minute. That was coincident to the bills. Obviously, the government issue, uh, the uh, government blow up in gilts and everything. So there was a lot of stuff going on in September 2022, not just J bills like we have today. But here's the bad news. We aren't even into September yet, and the Japanese bills are already moving. So there's a lot to go over here today, and I didn't intend to take, talk a lot about Japan and Asia, but as I said, the Japanese have a way of forcing themselves into the conversation. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University, we have memberships and subscriptions. As I've been mentioning a lot recently, and I'm going to mention every day this week, this Friday, we're going to do a special webinar for free. You just have to register at the link that's in the description. That's Friday, September 1st at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Join me when we have to, we really have to go over the background monetary details that we can't get into here on YouTube because 
Well, as you might sense, they're starting to become another issue. They've been an issue over the last year. They've been an issue really since August 9th of 2007. And we need to get into the details behind what all of these things that we're talking about mean in the context of the, the bigger picture, as well as for the rest of 2023 into 2024. So again, join me at the link in the description below. Webinar Friday, 6.30 p.m. Asia. So we're going to start again with Asia, not just Japanese government bond bills, but as I mentioned in my last video or the pre a previous video last week, China, the yuan, the Asian dollar is talking to us. And what it's saying is the bull market in U.S. dollars is back. And again, like the bull market in U.S. treasuries, a bull market in the U.S. dollar or bull U bullish U.S. dollar is bearish for the rest of the world, particularly China, particularly Asia. Uh, the Chinese yuan, all sorts of instability, at least recently, as I mentioned last week, suddenly that instability, that the massive volatility of commercial banks coming into the markets and relending dollars that they borrowed in swaps, pushing CNY higher, but only temporarily for you know the yuan to start to plummet all over again. This intraday move, massive intraday moves over the pre preceding week. And then all of a sudden, Thursday, Friday, and again so far today, the Chinese currency is pretty placid. It's, it's leaking modestly lower. The volatility is suddenly gone. That's something that we need to also keep our eye on, especially since the big news out of China today, or at least yesterday, earlier this morning, China time, stimulus. Everybody has been waiting for China's stimulus to rescue the Chinese economy, therefore end the threat to the rest of the global economy. And the Chinese continue to announce stimulus that is underwhelming to say the least. We're all waiting for the Beijing bazooka, which I keep telling you, and I've been telling you all along, it's not coming. Just like reopening was never going to work, there is no Beijing bazooka on the, uh, waiting around the corner to fix all of our problems. In fact, I have to wonder, again, this is only a one day move, I have to wonder if those two, the realization that there is no bazooka setting in has to do with what we saw in the Japanese government bill market, the three-month bill in particular. Is it a holy crap? The Chinese have proven they're not going to come to our rescue. Therefore, the situation in Asia is very different than what many people have been pinning their hopes on for quite a long time now. Maybe that's the case there too. But what's missing from all of this We've got CNY, we've got Japanese bill. What's missing here is what was a huge part of last year. Last year, the euro dollar disruption was focused on Europe. Asia was sort of caught in the crossfire. Now we're focused on uh, Asia and Europe seems almost benign by comparison. Let's go back to earlier this year. Um, this I've talked about this before in a previous video, but it's worth mentioning again that uh, the ECB even admitted that last September and October, that was a collateral shortage more than anything. And it was a collateral shortage in the very place that I keep pointing out, German bonds, the best of the best uh, Euro collateral. The problem with Europe is uh, there's a very large shortage of these the, the best of the best European collateral, Euro-denominated collateral. There's tons of U.S. treasuries, but even still there's a shortage there. There is not a ton of German issues out there because the Germans have this nasty habit, and this is sarcasm, the Germans have this nasty habit of trying to balance their budget. And the, the, the one 
symptom of balancing the budget or the one shortcoming of balancing your budget is there's not enough collateral in the system. So in euro denominated terms, the euro system, which is part of the euro dollar system, it's all linked together through these global banks. Euro denominated system has looked for alternatives to the shortfall of German securities available. And where have they gone? They have gone to Italy. Italy has filled, 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 has filled in the gap that the Germans have left behind with their penchant for running, well, not quite balanced budgets, but least unbalanced budgets of maybe the entire developed world. So Euro-denominated collateral, lots of it depends upon Italian bonds, BTPs. Oh boy. That was a major problem in 2018. The Euro, the spread between German and Italian bonds uh, blew out in 2018, collateral shortage, inverted curves, eventually recession, all that good stuff, all that not good stuff. We saw the same thing in 2022. Everyone concerned about the fate of Europe after the huge oil and energy price spike, food price spike. It made sense that you would be concerned about Italy more than, say, Germany. Although, in economic statistics, it's actually been the other way around. But in financial statistics, the Italian government bonds, those rates rose far greater than their German counterparts, which meant trouble in repo land. Here's what Isabel Schnabel said earlier this year about the fireworks that happened last fall in September and October. At, a, at times around half of the repo volume backed by German collateral was trading more than 40 basis points below the general collateral rate. And all that refers to is when collateral is in scarce supply and you have that scarce collateral, you can borrow cash at lower and lower rates because the counterparties that demand that collateral, they're willing to lend you cash at less and less and accept less and less return because they need the collateral too. They want some return on their cash, but they're also willing to forego some return just to get the collateral from you. So when you see um, officials or market participants refer to general collateral rates and special rates that are below GC rates, that means collateral shortage. That's what, that's what Ms. Schnabel was talking about. Massive collateral shortage on German collateral last September in October. It wasn't about guilt. And that's consistent with what we saw in Japanese government bills, as well as U.S. dollar interest rate swap spreads. Swap spreads. Both those uh, that were based on LIBOR, which are no more, as well as the SOFR spreads. The SOFR interest rate swap spreads picked up the same thing, as you can see clearly here. It was a global collateral shortage, and the ECB even admits that was the case. But here's the, real oh boy, frustrating part. That obscene demand for collateral, as far as the ECB was concerned, that was a danger to them in their transmission of monetary policy. What they're saying was the scarcity of German collateral depressed German rates at a time when the ECB wants rates to go up. They think that rate hikes are tightening when the depression, the obscene demand for collateral, that was the effective tightening that we're still living with today. Continuing with what Schnabel said, this is the part you just gotta shake your head. Such asset scarcity can delay or even impair the transmission of monetary policy. Who cares? A persistent negative bond OAS spread, which is another symptom of what we just talked about, implies that sovereign yields in the euro area's largest economy remain more accommodative than intended by our policy stance. No, demand for those assets was through the roof 
because of a collateral shortage. And it was confirmed all over the world. As I mentioned, U.S. dollar swap spread, T-bill rates in the United States, J-bill rates, rising U.S. dollar exchange value, all of it. And eventually the Swiss National Bank dollar auctions that we talked about quite, uh, quite length last year. Those were all related. It was not a blow up in the gilt market. It was a massive collateral shortage at or just after. It started before, but just around and after the September bottleneck. So this year, we've got everyone focused on Asia instead of Europe. And you can see why that's the case. When I show you the correlation here between Italian-German spreads, that's the, the spread of the Italian yield over the German yield, which tells us about everybody people shifting from italian bonds to german bonds because german bonds are safer but most of liquid collateral as that spread rises what do you see in us dollar repo repo fails go up by the same amount really eerie correlation and here's the thing up until january this year repo fails in us dollar terms you're using us treasury collateral this italian german spread Japanese yen's exchange value, all of those, those, those three indications were very closely correlated. That correlation broke down in January because the Italian-German spread began to really improve. As it became, as more people started to realize the worst case scenario for Europe wasn't gonna happen. Europe was not gonna be destroyed by the war in Ukraine, nor were they gonna be destroyed by the energy and food crisis. They were gonna survive thanks to largely the, the mild winter. That didn't mean they were not going to have a recession, but it wasn't going to be the worst case one that everyone feared. And so as those fears diminished, the Italian-German spread, that diminished too, that compressed, which meant less U.S. dollar repo fails, not complete normalization, but the collateral shortage part of it coming from Europe, that really got reduced. But it moved to Asia. Suddenly, JPY's JPY broke the correlation with U.S. dollar repo fails in January and started to correlate or continued to correlate very heavily, correspond very heavily with China's yuan, long-term JGB yields, among other things, reopening, failing. So we shifted our attention from Germany and Italian collateral or Italian collateral being rejected in favor of Germany to this year, we're now focused on China and its reopening and its spillover of impacts across the rest of Asia and the Asian dollar to the point that just recently, as I've been talking about in recent videos, China's yuan's a mess, Japanese JGBs, uh, government yield, the JPY currency, the dollar bowl, and now all of a sudden the three months J bill plummeting, plummeting and before we even get to September. So the concern here is, as we move into September, now that we're focused on Asia, what happens if Europe starts to be a problem too? Because last year focused on Europe, spilled over to Asia, now we're focused on Asia. What if we get a collateral squeeze in Italy to Germany? And why would we get a collateral squeeze Italy to Germany like last year? Well, recession risk is one, as would be a major collateral crunch. That's what I intended to start with and focus on today before the Japanese government bill yield plummeted seemingly through the floor, which was European lending data for the month of July. The credit crunch continues to hit Europe, which raises the risks of exactly the scenario that I'm talking about. 
especially since what it identifies is that European banks since last September and October have looked at the entire European and global situation very differently. It's not rate hikes. You can see clearly the inflection point. As the ECB was just starting to raise rates, European banks said, nope, we're done. We've had enough. We've seen this type of behavior before during the financial crisis, which wasn't a financial crisis in 2008, and again in Europe in 2011-12 and into 13, which was European banks saying, the liquidity risks here are way too high. We don't wanna, we don't wanna own illiquid loans when we need as much liquidity as we, we're gonna own government bonds, especially in 2013 and 20, 2008, 2009, not so much in 2011, 2012, uh, peripheral bonds anyway, but they wanna own liquid assets during periods when liquidity concerns are at their highest because in part, in large part, collateral is hard to come by. When the lots of collateral is falling in value, when, when the dealer system is rejecting that collateral, you don't want anything but the safest and liquid, demand for safest and liquid. Meanwhile, central bankers, what are they focused on? How that is accommodative to the marketplace or the credit markets. They've got everything backwards and they've got everyone else around the world thinking backwards instead of thinking clearly in these corresponding correlated terms, corresponding correlated collateral terms. So the good news is right now, the big move in Japanese government bill yields, that's just Japanese government bill yields. We didn't see anything corresponding with, we'll see at the end of today if we see any movement in US dollar interest rate swap spreads, the SOFR spreads, but so far it's just the three month J bill. That's good news. The bad news, as I said, it's still August, it's still early, and we're still talking about all these same problems. If you wanna check out that video I did on Japanese government bills just recently, and I highly recommend you do, check out the link below. I hope you join us for Friday's webinar. As always, I thank you for joining me here. Huge thank you, of course, to Eurodollar University subscribers and our members. Until next time, take care.